Welcome to The Lila Joe Show. I explore the journey to excellence, which starts with the pursuit of passion. Welcome back to the show and welcome to my episode with Molly Wills. I have been so excited to get this podcast out because Molly's story is what this show is all about. It's about pursuing your true passion. Molly left what she thought was her dream job at Ralph Lauren to pursue her true passion, which is empowering young girls to be bold and fearless in pursuing their passions. Molly is the sweetest human being and I just think that her story is so inspiring and I can't wait for you to hear our conversation about how she came to this point in her life where she is so fulfilled and happy and doing something that she absolutely loves. Without further ado, let's get into part one of Molly Wills. Molly, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here. I've been wanting to interview you for so long. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Good. So, you know I'm an athlete, and we've done a soul cycle class, so I know that you like to work out too. I do. And I structure my interviews like workouts. So we start off with a warm-up, then we have a longer period of higher intensity questioning before the cool-down to finish. Love it. Are you ready for the workout? I'm ready. So warm-up, New York City or the Hamptons? New York City. Even though we're in the Hamptons right now, I would uh, like for good. Yeah, anything. I would say Hamptons. Hamptons. Yeah, yeah. that that just came out too if quickly. If it could be summer all year for, long. For correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Yes. Cozy night in or crazy night out? Cozy night in. Me too. What is your soul food? Chicken parm. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. What is the last thing that made you laugh? My brother. Um, he just makes fun of me when I'm like cheering for sports and I was watching the British Open earlier before I came here and I said something dumb and he just has a way to make me laugh. Nice. Yeah. You win a plane ticket to anywhere in the world. Where are you going? Uh, New Zealand. I've never been to Me New either. Zealand. It's like top bucket list. Yeah. Maybe we should go. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Okay. Are you warm? Yes. I'm okay, warm. Okay, good. I'm warm. So I always start with my guests right from the beginning. And I'd love to hear about how you grew up. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, Yeah, it's like uh, middle, like not quite the south, but not the northeast either. Tell me a bit about your family. Um, We're really close. Some people consider, I actually live with my brother and my sister, um, even though I'm 30 years old. And we're all like within three and a half, well, four years apart. Um, My sister's... 27 just turning 27 and my brother's 29 so we're really close in age and I grew up in the country like out uh, horse country area and then um, we ended up moving closer to the city for me to go to a more competitive school so I feel like I had this very um, special pure rural childhood and then lived you know pretty close to a city for middle school high school which was I think a really good balance yeah. exposing me to like a bunch of different things yeah it's good to have that exposure to both sides yes because the rural aspect so important growing up it really is to have. I totally agree and like the curi- you know the creativity and 
being outside all the time. I was always playing outside, like classic, like what everyone says people used to do. Yeah, like that was the my olden childhood. days. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and what is something that you wish you did less of growing up? Oh, swim. We were, I mean, it was like you are in the Wills family, you swim year round, like you had no choice. And I wasn't really that passionate about it, but you know, it got me into sports for sure. Okay. So that was like my intro into sports. I started swimming when I was five um, and competitively, like I think probably seven. Um, and you know, it wasn't really ever my thing thing, but it was healthy. Yeah. You know. What is something that you wish you did more of growing up? A horseback ride. So I guess again, sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a rider until uh, we moved into the city. So I stopped riding and sort of like around the same time my mom got in a really bad ski accident. And so she wasn't able to take me to riding lessons. And then we ended up moving and I never got back into it and I still like to this day I would love to at some point yeah who or what did you aspire to be as a young girl a fashion designer I from the age I I was always playing school or like creating little businesses in my basement so the fact that I'm an entrepreneur makes so much sense like if you ever want to know what a kid's gonna do just study them when they're like seven to like 10 years old because I think it's a huge clue into like their their psyche and their interests and their just natural like abilities so I was always like making little businesses and then I would do runway shows and I would dress up my dolls and pretend like my dolls were you know mannequins and (laughs) I'd make little dresses out of like random stuff and so yeah for sure that's what I thought I was gonna do and you, you ended up working in fashion. I did, you? yep. So that was my um, step. Well, I, I graduated college with an art history degree uh, slash studio art. Um, and I went into the art world for about nine months and um, was living in the city. But I realized really quickly that it wasn't going to pay the bills. And it, it just wasn't creative enough for me it was more research it was very research based and I just didn't feel connected to it so I got um, an interview at Ralph Lauren and then I started off in sales um, and then sort of worked my way into all of these different departments at Ralph which was amazing because I was exposed to a lot of different things and you know elements of the business and growing up and playing with all your dolls and and having that passion for fashion mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no no I say it a lot though. the it's passion true. for fashion, fashion is so it's true. great you you had your dream job at Ralph Lauren right? I did I mean Initially. I really yeah I really thought that um, I was sort of set on a trajectory that was going to continue to grow and um, evolve but um, I just, um, I got this bug for doing my own thing. I'd say like a year and a half in when I was doing, I was interning for a designer, one of the corporate designers, and I was working on the merchandising team and traveling with them regionally. So I was doing all sorts of different creative things, but it just, all I can say is I feel like if you are self-aware, which I think we all strive to be, right? Definitely. The more self-aware you are, the, the more you can sort of recognize if what you're doing is 
right or wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if if it makes sense, if it feels if it feels right, not to be like super cheesy, but I just I wasn't feeling connected to what I was doing at Ralph Lauren and so I just sort of went on this quest to like brainstorm if I could do anything, what would I do? And so the Waverly Project started to come from that, from writing a lot and studying culture and just observing and also thinking about like what I would do if I could do anything. And I bet you were surprised because that was your dream job. Right? It was, it, 100%. Like I was, when I was 14 years old, I came up with a golf line, Miss Golf, which I still have like my portfolio of. Oh, I love it. Um, and I like have like, you know, I don't know, 75 sketches of what I think would be a really clever, it's basically like Tory sport, Tory Birch yeah, sport. Yeah, yeah. That was my whole concept. Like, wow. More chic, sporty clothing that could be on and off athleisure. the field. Yeah, athleisure, but with a preppy sort of more minimalisty. Okay. Clean cut. Clean cut. Less like Nike and more designer. Okay. Esque, right? But uh, anyway, so when I was when I got my job at Ralph and I was working on the RLX label, um, which was more ski resort wear but I was like right down the hall from the golf designers so my whole like thought process was okay I'll work here I'll get a job you know I'll get a full-time position in design and then maybe make my way into golf design but that you know I left before that happened so you had your plan and then I had the plan but a surprise came along yeah so when I think back it was something that was so much bigger than myself that gave me courage to leave because like we're saying, like I had this plan and it seemed like it was totally in line with like what I had always wanted, even from like, you know, from a young age. Um, but I found myself, I went to Nantucket for the summer with Ralph Lauren and I was doing a bunch of babysitting while I was there for families that I knew and they all were girls. And so I was sort of taking them on these field trips to kind of make it a little more interesting and less, you know, less like a babysitting job. Yeah. So I was creating like a more of a dynamic experience for them. And it just started to like get my wheels turning. And I started to recognize like how they were responding to it and they were asking me all these questions and and it was, um, it just came really naturally to me. Like just creating these experiences and then responding to the girls and I, I, it just really lit something inside of me. Like, I can't explain it. While I was, like, at the store in town, I would be, like, sketching in the back and, like, creating all these different models and, like, what would I do and how would I set this up and who would I go to first? Would I move out of the city? So I kept, you know, I created, like, a mini business plan that summer in Nantucket. Wow. And came back. And I was talking to a few of my mentors on the phone and, and I, you know, they said, you need, you need to pursue this. I really think that there's something here. I think the culture needs something like this. I think you're responding to something that's in the air and, and maybe, you know, there really is something to it. So I called my boss when I got back from Nantucket and I just quit my job. Was that scary? It was like... Obviously, it's been a while, so I can't really remember. I remember after, I do remember, 
I hung up the phone and I'd never felt more free in my life. I knew as soon as I had that conversation, we parted, you know, on great terms. It was such a surprise to my team, you know, that I wasn't staying on. Um, and I just, I knew, like I, I hung up the phone and I was like, I did, I just, did, I made the right call. Wow. Like for sure. What a relief. It was, it really was. I think it gave me this like crazy, like rush of confidence and courage and just sort of things that aren't tangible. Like liberation. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. sure. And that reminds me of a quote that you posted on your Waverly Instagram and I wrote down here mm-hmm. from Tori Birch, who yeah. we are actually oh. talking about. If it's not scary or if your heart doesn't race, you're not dreaming big enough. Embrace your ambitions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the perfect example of what you did. 100%. And I, I, I really like that sort of one of my mission statements, I would say. Um, I'm constantly trying to push myself and do things that don't come super easily or maybe a goal that sounds or seems crazy lofty I'm not afraid of any of that stuff and I really I I have fears in other ways I don't have business risky fears Um, I have other ones that are just as unfortunate but it's it's like it's a really it's something that I'm constantly pursuing is trying to reach new limits um, I think it's just the most exciting thing you can do in life is to push yourself and and see where your passions and your potential takes you because I really believe that every single human being has an infinite amount of potential and you just have to be willing to step out and find it and connect with it you know on a daily basis it's not like you just arrive, you know, I don't think personally. Yeah, it's an everyday journey, right? It's an step everyday pursuit. Yeah. Correct. You're listening to The Lila Joe Show. Have you always had that confidence um, that courage to do so, things? So here's, this is one of my um, good friend's husbands just said this to me the other day and I was like, oh my God, that's such a great way of articulating. He said that success or excuse me, confidence comes from little successes. And those could be getting good grades, um, good relationships. If you're successful at something, that's that builds on itself and creates a confidence. And that confidence is, you know, ideally well-rounded, right? So it's like you're confident from doing all these little, having all these little successes. I thought that was like such a cool way of A, identifying success. Because to me, success is so personal. I, I don't, I think the world has a way of like saying, oh, you're only successful if you're really good at sports, you're really good at school, or you're really like professionally successful. Yeah. Or wealthy or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's like a, there's, a material. small material. It's all right wrapped in material things. Yeah. Whereas I personally like what makes me thrive are successful relationships, success in my own personal pursuit of my own passions, and like finding out new things that I can do. Like that's what gives me confidence. And I think from a young age, I was always really curious. And so mm-hmm. I would step out. And yes, I definitely have had my failures. I constantly am failing, but I don't let it get to me. 
Um, and I think when you decide not to let failure get to you, that kind of turns into this weird, twisted, like, boost of confidence. I think it's how you, like, your perspective every day and, like, figuring out how you're going to, A, respond to something when it doesn't go well and, B, be really grateful for what does go well. Yes. You know? And those are the two main things, little by little, it just, like, adds up. I think I've, I've always been a pretty strong person. And so that inner, you know, I'm the oldest in my family. And I have a great relationship with both my parents. And um, I've always been like, you know, I've always known I, I've been loved and adored. So I've had a great foundation. Um, I think that's so, really important, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's just, it's everyone can grow in their confidence it's just a matter of your perspective and can you give an example of something that you've overcome in the past that at the time was devastating or a huge obstacle for you but now you look back on it as a blessing in disguise yeah oh my gosh so many the one thing when I started Waverly I had a handful of people that I thought were going to support me they had daughters they had you know, resources to sign their daughters up. and But it was interesting. I would say half of the people that I thought were going to support me didn't. For whatever reason, they were busy. They, you know, and half half were, were like five people out of ten. You know, I mean, when I started, I was going to just a few families and was like banking on them signing up because that was paying my bills. And I was shocked because there were a few families that I was really close with and they just, for whatever reason, were not signing their daughters up. And it sounds so silly, but it was a major blow for me. Like I was really discouraged. And I would say that momentum of like getting people to sign up and then for whatever reason, you know, my return rates not being as strong as they were like a couple months before, that push and pull back and forth for the last five years has been crazy hard. I think I've come out, I'm still in business, right? So I, I have a faith now that it's going to continue more than ever. And I don't think that if, I think that if it had been easy and I would never have you know, had to like go through that discouragement process or is anyone going to sign up? Am I going to get anyone to come to this event? You know, that feeling of not knowing has strengthened me so much Mm -hmm. that now I feel like I could start any business I want because I don't even, Waverly is not even like a material, tangible product. It's like I'm selling character and experience and that's really hard to market and get people to show up for. So, it's been it's been it's been really it's had its moments of discouragement for sure, but I'm so grateful that I've struggled, you know, year after year to like really prove myself because now I I do feel like there is a faith that's very deep rooted at this point. 7 it'll be 7 years in October. And I don't worry anymore. Like, I know people are going to sign up. I know that whoever comes to a tour is supposed to be there. Yeah. And no more or yeah. no less. Exactly. You know, and you just kind of yeah. have to get to that place emotionally. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think everything happens for a reason. For and I sure. say that a lot on this podcast. But those who are in your life are supposed to be there. 1,000%. If they're yeah. not there, they're not supposed to be there. And yeah. it's for the best. Totally. 1,000%. I'm a huge believer in that. But this has taught me, too, not to focus on who's not there. Yeah. Right? Focus on who's there. Yeah. Be grateful for them, too. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And I spent so much time worrying about the people that weren't showing up instead of putting my energy into the people that were showing up. Yeah. And that was um, a really good thing to learn now, even in my personal life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, who's in my life? Like, be good to them. And... You know, if they're not there, they're not supposed to be there. So forget about it. Don't, yes. like, sit and think about it. And it's no fun forcing someone to want to be there. Too. Right. Like, that sucks. Yeah, why it does. You, you know, why would you do that? Next time on The Lila Joe Show. That is the best question anyone has ever asked me. Are you kidding? No. Oh, that thank is, you. Like, that's insane. And it's like, you are literally getting into my brain like no one ever has before. Stay tuned for part two. I'm Lila, and you've been listening to The Lila Joe Show. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter. If you haven't yet, head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next time for another episode. Thanks for listening.